بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم we continue the classes and the discussions on salah described and in the last talk we talked about matters uh, that are disliked to be done during salah now we're going to talk about certain matters that can be done uh, during salah or in salah from that is it is permissible and it is not disliked to recite more than one surah after the Fatiha it is not disliked to recite more than one surah after the Fatiha and this is whether in uh, in Fard uh, or uh, in Nafl this applies to both in Fard and in Nafil. <coughs> and the evidence is the Hadith, uh, the Hadith, Hudayf ibn al-Yaman radiyallahu anhu, when he said that he prayed with the Prophet والسلام, one night, and the Prophet والسلام, recited Surah Al-Baqarah, and Surah Al-Nisa, and Surah Al-Imran. And this is combination between uh, more than one surah. And since this is permissible in the nafil, then it is permissible in the fard, unless there is a specific delil evidence to indicate otherwise. But the ruling is that whatever is uh, obligated uh, in fard is also obligated in, uh, in nafil, unless there is an evidence to indicate otherwise and also whatever is permissible in nafil is permissible in fard unless there is an evidence to indicate otherwise remember this beneficial ruling <coughs> now <coughs> is it permissible to uh, to divide the surah in two rak'ah is it permissible to divide the same surah in two rak'ahs? Uh, yes, uh, it is permissible unless there uh, there is situation or there is a situation where uh, there is a connection between uh, between what had preceded. Uh, for example, in this case, one should not do that. For example, if he recites Qulhu Allahu Ahad, Allahu Samad, Lam Yalid, and then he stops, and then goes to the second rak'ah, and then recites Walam Yulid. No, he shouldn't now stop uh, after Lam Yalid. And the evidence for uh, dividing a surah between two rak'ah is that the Prophet alayhi wasalam uh, recited in Salat al-Maghrib, recited in Salat al-Maghrib, uh, recited Surah al-A'raf, chapter 7, and he uh, distributed it over two rak'ah. He did it over two rak'ah, divided it into, uh, divided the recitation of this Surah over two rak'ah. And this indicates the permissibility to do so. But also one should here take note that uh, take note of uh, the issues of prolonging or uh, reciting 
uh, a medium recitation or make a shorter recitation in accordance with uh, the descriptions we talked about uh, in the beginning of the uh, discussions on Salah. So that has to be taken into consideration. Uh, is it permissible to recite from uh, a place within a surah, taking verses, a one verse or two uh, from the surah itself? We say this is permissible because the Prophet ﷺ recited, uh, recited one verse uh, from Surah Al-Baqarah in one rak'ah, which is verse 136, uh, to the end of the verse, say, we believe in Allah and that which has been sent to us, and that which has been sent to Ibrahim, Ismail, Ishaq, Yaqub, and Al-Asbat, to the end of the verse. And also he recited in the second raka'ah, قُلْ يَا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ from Surah Al-Imran 3.64 قُلْ يَا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ تَعَالَوْا إِلَى كَلِمَةٍ سَوَاءٍ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكُمْ O people of the scripture, come to a word that is just between you and us, that you worship none but Allah and that we associate no partners with him and that none of us shall take others as lords besides Allah. Then if they turn away, say, bear witness that we are Muslims. And also, this is uh, this is permissible in both in 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 nafil and in fard. This is permissible in both in nafil and in fard. Okay. The second thing that the <coughs> person in salah may do is to push away uh, anyone who may pass in front of him. And we have three uh, opinions on this matter. First opinion that this <coughs> pushing away is a sunnah based on the hadith of the Prophet alayhi salatu wassalam إذا أراد أحد أن يجتاز بين يديه فليدفعه If anyone wants to pass in front of him then let him push him away and uh, this is they said this is a command and the least uh, with respect to the ruling of the command the least is that it is recommended and also in the other narration, which is in Sahih Muslim, the Prophet ﷺ said, If anyone of you makes his salah, then he shouldn't let anyone to pass in front of him. Also, the, the second opinion, the second opinion that this is an obligation, that this is wajib, and this is the uh, opinion, uh, a second, uh, this is a, uh, another saying from Imam Ahmad, another narration from Imam Ahmad, that it is a wajib. And if the person does not do this, then he is held sinful. And that there is no distinction between uh, the uh, the uh, whether this is done by uh, a person who may not, uh, who is not considered uh, to uh, invalidate the salah or otherwise from those whose passage is considered to be invalidating of the Salah. Uh, and Imam Ahmad's uh, opinion is based, uh, the second uh, the narration from Imam Ahmad is based upon uh, the, uh, the, the verb, let him push, uh, repulse him, repulse him. And he said this is, uh, this is a, a command, and the command is for obligation. And uh, that the obligation is strengthened by the saying of the Prophet ﷺ in another narration, فَإِنْ أَبَى فَلْيُقَاتِلْهُ And if he does not stop, then he should force him. Uh, 
force him, use force against him, use force against him. And he said that this strengthens the opinion of its uh, obligation. Uh, <coughs> the the third opinion, it's a medium opinion between these two, and that is one should distinguish between the one whose passage invalidates the Salah and those who don't. Then it becomes obligatory concerning the first group, those whose passage invalidates the Salah and they are the woman and the uh, black dog and the uh, the donkey as came in the narration and as to those whose passage does not invalidate the uh, Salah then in this case it is a Sunnah but not obligation Naam, ya Shaq, that's right. And uh, this is even asserted more the obligation if it is a fard, the prayer. And in accordance with this opinion, one differentiates between the fard and the nafil, meaning that if the salah is fard, and someone passes, or one of those who invalidate whose passage invalidate the Salah pass, then it is an obligation to repulse them. Because, why? Because once if, if because if someone begins the Faridah, then it is haram to discontinue it unless there is a necessity. Otherwise, therefore, if those who pass are not from those who invalidate, whose passage invalidate the Salah, then it's not obligatory to repulse them, but rather it is a Sunnah. And this is a medium, with, uh, with this detail, this is a medium opinion between the two uh, previous opinions. And this is the opinion of our Shaykh, Rahimahullah, Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthaymeen. Now, what does it mean in front of him? What does it mean in front of him? What's the distance? What constitutes in front of him? Some said that this is equivalent to three arms spans from the foot of the praying person. In front of him, three arm spans. And another said that this is between his feet and his place of sujood. Between his feet and the place of sujood. And this is the closest opinion, meaning between if he passes between the person's feet and his place of prostration. Because the musalli, the one who prays, does not deserve more than that. And thus, therefore, 
he does not have the right to prevent people beyond that space which he needs. And, however, if he has a sutra, if he has a sutra, an object like a pillar, wall, a stick, a spear, etc., the sutra, the height of which should not be less than a foot and must be in front of the person, offering salah to act as a barrier between him and others. So if he has a sutra, then it is not permissible to pass in the space between him and the sutra. Yet despite that, we say that if you put the sutra, then don't stand far away from it. Be close to it. So that your sujood is close to it. Your place of sujood is close to your sutra. And there is no difference in this case, in the applicability of this ruling, in someone who needs to pass or someone who doesn't need to pass in front of you. Both, they don't have the right to pass. And the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith, reported by Al-Bukhari and in Muslim, in, uh, لو يعلم المار بين يدي المصلي ماذا عليه لكان أن يقف أربعين أي أربعين خريفا كما في رواية البزار يعني أربعين سنة خيرا من أن يمر بين يديه if the one who intends to pass in front of the musalli the person offering the salah knows what's upon him then he would stand forty and 40 had been explained in another narration to mean 40 years. That would be better for him rather uh, uh, better for him than passing in front of the musalli. And there is no difference in this between Mecca and other than Mecca. And that's why Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah tabulated in his in his book in Sahih al-Bukhari Babu Sutrati في مكة وغيرها chapter sutra in Mecca and other than Mecca meaning Mecca and other than Mecca are the same with respect to the sutra now if someone says what about if the passer the one who passes uh, forces his way through and is able to pass then what is the ruling the answer is that the sin is upon him the sin upon this person who was able to overpower the musalli and pass. So if, however, this is the case, if you had taken your, uh, what is required from you, what the Prophet ﷺ commanded you to do, and you were not able to repulse him, then in this case your salah is not diminished. Now, in the, under such a situation, would the passage, if it is done by a woman in this forceful way, would this nullify your salah? Some said that it does. And our Shaykh, rahimahullah, had a problem with this opinion, because he said 
if the musalli if the musalli does what he is commanded to do and the matter came opposite to his choice and it wasn't due to negligence on his part so how can we then nullify his worship by the action of someone else because the one who is sinful is the person who intended to force his way through however if this is due to negligence on his part as done by some then there is no doubt that his salah is invalidated under this situation now next thing that a person may do he may count the verses a person may count the verses if he needs that and this may occur to some people that they may forget for example so they keep counting so if someone does not know the Fatiha for example and he wanted to recite it uh, in accordance with its numbers in the Quran so he may need uh, to count but if he needs this then he should not count it by pronouncing the counting because if he does so it will become uh, speech uh, and this, in this case, this speech will nullify his salah. However, he may count that by his fingers or in his heart. And the salah is not invalidated by the action of his heart. And it's not validated by the actions of the body parts unless they become too many and successive without a need. Also from the things, the next thing is that what a person may also do in the salah is to open up for his imam in case his imam forgets or commits a mistake to correct him and or to remind him but you don't do that to someone who is next to you even if he makes a mistake because there is no connection between you and him the person next to you in contrast with the connection that you have with the imam And it's also going to make you busy by trying to listen to what people say who are next to you. And this kind of opening, this kind of opening for correction or for reminder is divided into two types. Is divided into two types. Obligatory and recommendable. Obligatory and recommendable. The obligatory one is regarding that which may invalidate the salah if done intentionally. So, for example, if the imam adds one rak'ah intentionally, then in this case, the opening on him is obligatory because such an addition will invalidate the salah. Also, if he recites in a way that changes the meaning of the Fatiha, if the Imam recites in a way, mispronounce the words, and this mispronunciation changes the meaning, then it's obligatory to correct 
because such type of mispronunciation in the Fatiha nullifies the Salah. For example, if the Imam recites by saying, instead of إِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ If he says, أَهْدِنَا Instead of إِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ إِهْدِنَا He recites, أَهْدِنَا And صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ He recites it, صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتُ عَلَيْهِمْ أَنْعَمْتُ will refer, he will be the subject. In this case, you must correct. إِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ إِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ إِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ Not أَهْدِنَا And if the Imam uh, says إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ Recites إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ Here you must open up for him because he dropped a verse. Because he dropped a verse. And if he drops a verse from the Fatiha, then this nullifies the Salah. So in this case, the the Fatih upon him, upon the Imam, the correction and or the reminder is obligatory. As to the recommendable type, uh, this is uh, if he uh, misses something which is a perfection. So if he forgets to recite a surah with the Fatiha, a surah in addition to the Fatiha, if he forgets that, then here uh, reminding him or alerting him is a sunnah. This is a sunnah. And the dalil for this, the evidence for this is the Prophet ﷺ saying, إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ I am a human like you. أَنْسَى كَمَا تَنْسَوْنَ I forget as you do forget. فَإِذَا نَسِيتُ فَذَكِّرُونِي And if I forget, then remind me. And this is reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. So he commanded that he should be reminded. And one time when he, وسلم, recited and he wasn't sure about the recitation, uh, he said to Ubay bin Kaab, he said to Ubay bin Kaab, Ma manak? What prevented you? Meaning, what prevented you from alerting me? The next thing that a person can do is putting on a garment during Salah, putting a thawb, clothes, clothes. Uh, it is permissible for him to do so, and this requires the following explanation. If putting on this garment is linked to the correctness of the Salah, of its validity, then in this case it is mandatory to put it on. For example, if, if he has no clothes, we know the person who is naked, who has no clothes, prays as according to his condition. Now, if someone during the Salah brings him a thobe to put on, then putting the thobe in this situation is mandatory, is an obligation. Is an obligation. 
We don't so we don't say to him here invalidate your salah and then put on the thawb. Why? Because what preceded from his salah is permissible legally because you cannot therefore nullify it. Rather he builds up on it. And that's why when Jibreel alayhi salam informed the Prophet ﷺ that he has filth on his uh, on his shoes, he took them off and continued. He took them off and continued. And so here in this case, with respect to putting on the garment, it is wajib, it's obligatory. And, and what's obligated is fulfilled by this matter, and this is the, what's obligated is to cover the aura. However, if it is not something uh, upon which the validity of the salah will depend, then we say, don't do that unless there is a need. Don't do that unless there is a need. For example, from the need, if a person needs to cool himself off uh, during Salah after he commenced the Salah. I'm sorry, if, uh, let's repeat this. Uh, if, if, if he gets cold, if he gets cold, uh, he feels cold during, uh, after he commences the Salah, and the thobe is hanging there uh, on the wall, this, in this case he may take it, pick it up and put it on because this is a need because this is a need in fact this is this could be recommendable if uh, putting on the thobe uh, brings him tranquility to the sal- in his salah brings him tranquility in his salah then in this case it is recommendable also from the things a person may do is to wrap the uh, around uh, the amama the turban if it gets loose and there is nothing upon him and especially if it if if in case it becomes loose it will make him distracted then in this case it is allowable for him in this case it is recommended for him rather to wrap it up. And if it doesn't distract him, then it is allowable but not recommended. And the evidence for this is the hadith in Sahih Muslim, hadith Wa'ad bin Hujr, and the Nabiya sallallahu alayhi prayed, so he raised his hands upon takbirat al-ihram, then he wrapped the garment uh, upon himself, around himself, and وضع يده اليمنى على اليسرى and put his right hand on his left, and فلما أراد أن يركع أخرج يديه ورفعهما ثم ركع. So he put his right on his left, and then when he intended to make rukur, he took off, he took his hands and raised them up, and then he made rukur. And therefore, there is no. In this, there is evidence that it is okay for, for, for a person who is offering the salah if he has a, a kind of a mishlah, which is uh, something, a, a, 
it's like uh, a, a clock, but not uh, open from the front, and a uh, person puts it on his shoulders, and if he wants to uh, bring it and wrap it around him, then this is okay, and it does not fall under the uh, prohibition uh, of the Prophet ﷺ saying, لا أكف شعرا ولا ثوبا It's called, uh, okay, now, I don't, uh, the hadith, لا أكف شعرا ولا ثوبا I don't tuck up the hair or thobe from touching the ground so therefore this does not fall under this prohibition because this is from uh, the clothes that are normally uh, that normally people put on like the mishlah or the ghutra uh, in case of salah the second or the next thing is the uh, it's permissible for him to um to kill a snake during Salah, to kill a snake and uh, a scorpion. It's rather even a sunnah to do that because the Prophet ﷺ commanded that by saying, Kill the two black ones in Salah, the snake and the scorpion. the snake and if it attacks him then it becomes an obligation upon him to kill it by way of self-defense also the same with respect in fact even it's more with respect to the uh, to the scorpion because it stings more than the uh, than the uh, the uh, the snake Sometimes the snake doesn't do that. It passes, it, it moves on one's feet and does not uh, sting him. However, the scorpion, on the other hand, if, uh, if, she, if it feels the skin, the human skin, it will, it will sting him. Also, if uh, the person uh, catches some lice in his clothes, these small insects which uh, may uh, suck the blood from underneath his garment and distract the person then it is permissible for him to uh, kill it but suppose now if he kills it and his hand gets wet with Blood, would this then be considered najis, uh, filthy, impure? The answer, this is not impure, because this is from mimma la nafsa lahu sa'ila. This is not flowing blood. If these insects, this is like that of uh, flies. This is like that of flies. So it's not harmful and it does not it's not najis now these are uh, some of the things the person may uh, do in salah and then we will talk about 
next chapter the movements in salah what is permissible and what's not permissible and what is obligatory what is light and uh, haram and allowable all of that inshallah ta'ala although we talked about it earlier in a special point of benefit but inshallah ta'ala will continue salah described in this order so we will talk about these things uh, movements and salah when and uh, when and they may or may not invalidate the salah wallahu ta'ala a'lam wa a'lam wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam